I invite you to stand as you are able from reading the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Now, even now, the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Soldiers also asked him, What should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong from his sandals. He will baptize you with holy fire, with holy, the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord You may be seated.
John stands before people like us, who have many things in common, but we're definitely not all alike. John stands before them and says, even now, the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowd say, whoa, what are we supposed to do? As believers, as people who might be curious, and even the doubters, we tend to ask the same question throughout life. What should we do? We live in a culture of doing. Our value is based on our actions, what we do. But what if our value was not focused on how hard we work, or what grades we got, or how many points we made at the basketball game the other night, or if we can carry a tune. What if our value is based on something more, or something simpler than what we do? What if our value is based on who we are, or more importantly, whose we are? So in confirmations class this last week, we spoke about the difference between the theology of glory and the theology of the cross. Might be totally foreign to you, but hopefully by the end, you're still confused, but that's okay. We talked about looking at theological statements and determining the main actor in the action. It is there that we begin to figure out something as simple as where salvation lies, where hope lies, where love lies, where the truth lies. We talked about the difference between our actions and God's actions. So here's the simple breakdown. If the action comes from us, it's a theology of glory. You hear people say, have you found Jesus? You finding Jesus puts the action on you, making it a theology of glory. You doing the right thing to get you into heaven puts the action on you, making it a theology of glory. The truth is we live in a nation based on a theology of glory. You have to do better, act better, be better. We learn it from a young age. Kids learn that they have to be the best in order to be liked or to get rewarded, to succeed. Success is in your hands. And if you don't succeed, well, you didn't work hard enough. We indirectly tell our youth that they have no value. A theology of glory sets a person up to fail, especially when it comes to something as vital as salvation. Because you will never get it right. Because you will, you will never have all of the answers. You will never have what it takes to earn salvation. The truth is, we need something more. We need someone more. 
A theology of the cross, on the other hand, puts God at the center of it all. It makes God the actor. It takes salvation out of our hands and places it in the hands of the Creator and even more, the hands of the Savior. For those who ask the question, have you found Jesus? I, of course, have a little sarcastic response to that. We'll get into that some other time. But for those asking that question, they're claiming that they, or we, have the ability to create our own salvation, which kind of means they're saying we have as much power as God. The crowd before John is concerned, and, you know, they should be. What then should we do? And living in a world that focuses on a theology of glory, it's the right question to ask. But as Lutherans, we don't need to ask the question because the answer is really simple. What should we do? Nothing. There's nothing we can do because Jesus has already done it for us. God slipped on skin and came into the world to change everything the world thought to be true. The world said that a king must be powerful, and yet we meet our king at a manger. The world said the Lord must be above all people, and yet we meet our Lord amongst the sick and the outcast and even the demon-possessed. The world said a savior must overthrow the current ruler, and yet we meet our savior on a cross. What must we do? Nothing. And everything. There's nothing we can do for salvation because God has taken care of, the de of that detail. But there is more to the answer of what, it, what we must do. God came to earth so that. Jesus walked amongst people so that. Jesus died on a cross so that, so that we are free to go into the world and do what John is telling the people to do. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And the same goes for food. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't be greedy. And don't obtain things by threat from other people. In other words, Feed your neighbors, clothe your neighbors, visit your neighbors, love your neighbors. In this time of Advent, as we wait for the coming again of Christ, it only seems natural to ask the question, what should we do? Now I laugh, and I think about my to-do list that some of you saw last week. But then I remember that lists like that are really a theology of glory. What must I do? Like I told the kids last week, there's really nothing we have to do because Jesus is going to come no matter what, beyond what we do. 
there's a lot we need to do. Because look at the world. There are people that need to be loved and clothed and fed and protected. There's lots to be done because while salvation isn't for us to divvy up, God calls us to care for the world in ways that would please God. So, what should we do? Nothing. And yet, everything. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>